Welcome to the Transformation Station, where your journey to a better life begins. Your hosts, Alex Sapala and Steve Kane, share quality, world-class material that fuels personal growth and transformation. Poignant, practical, and replicable, they will inspire you on your journey to living the life of your dreams. Let's drop into their conversation now. G'day, Steve. G'day, Alex. I've got a question to ask you here. Have you ever made a mistake and then immediately fell into a dark pit of self-doubt and go, what did I just do? Absolutely. The interesting thing is that you you sit there and you relive the experience over and over in your mind. You wonder how you could have or would have or should have handled the situation so that things didn't turn for the worse. It's like that almost sick in the stomach kind Absolutely. of feeling. Yep. And mistakes happen all the time, right? No big deal. We're, we're all human beings. The real bummer is the aftermath of failure. What our emotional reactions do to our self-confidence our sleep patterns, and our overall well-being. And for most of us, the repercussions of failing can be a self-fulfilling cycle of doom and gloom. Now, we've all been affected by sleepless nights, tossing and turning, reliving the terrible mistakes we've made. The negativity that comes from messing up is pretty much the same for everyone. The result brings anxiety, it brings negative self-talk, it brings limiting beliefs, and fear of failing again, fear of rejection, fear of being judged. The list just goes on and on and on. And everyone from a first responder to fashion designers to freelance writers to podcasters, we all feel emotional sting when we fail miserably. Oh, let's face it, failure is not your favourite um, dessert is it right it's not and but but the reality is that we want to we want to somehow deal with that failure to look at it differently so our calmness our confidence our certainty and our self-compassion takes a massive turn when something threatens our ego but don't fret because there's good news steve you can overcome fear of failure you can overcome fear of rejection by trying to retrain your brain to notice the difference between what is justifiable fear or false evidence appearing real. Mm, justifiable fear or false evidence appearing real. You know, that that last one there, false evidence appearing real, notice it fear. Fear, that's yeah. right. False evidence appearing real. So how do we overcome false evidence appearing real? Because often we attach things to what we see or experience and we attach meaning to them meaning to them that's right. exactly right so what does it boil down to this false mm. evidence appearing real thing we need to upgrade our mindset we need to retrain the way that we respond to any given situation we all know that self-confidence you think about it let, let me let me bring something into context there is justifiable fear and that is you're getting chased down the street by a saber-toothed tiger and you're running Right? And you're sprinting and your arms and legs are going 10 to the dozen to get away from this thing who's running 60 kilometers an hour is going to eat you. That's justifiable fear. But the fear of something occurring where someone has rejected you and you think that that's going to ruin the rest of your life because of that rejection, that's false evidence appearing real. Yes. So these are the two differences. One is justifiable. One is what we're making it to appear to be. Okay, So that's where we want to really get that paradigm first. We all know that self-confidence is necessary. Right? We need to be confident in what we do, especially right. if we want to succeed in anything. So if you're ready to step out of the woe is me zone, then we need to get back to 
and get back to being our amazing self again. So Here's there, a couple of action steps that we can take to deal with those inner battles that happen when we get rejected, when we see these fear things starting to take a hammer to our self-confidence ego. Number one is we need to understand the way our brain works. Oh, here we go. Now, we're not going into molecular biological chemistry or anything like that here. We're just going to talk about something we've touched on in the past. We're going to talk about our famous little armored shape, incredible piece of kit, the amygdala. Oh, the amygdala. Or some would say the amygdala, or what, however you want to pronounce it. The amount of the amount of power that this little almond shaped piece of kit sitting in your magnificent piece of brain has over your whole body is ridiculous. A human brain is a beautiful piece of kit and its operating system is something we can imbue into it. Fear is regulated, as we've mentioned before, in the part of the brain which is known as the amygdala. When stress activates the amygdala, it temporarily overrides a conscious thought so that the body can divert all of its energy to facing the threat. So it's a saber-toothed tiger, boom. We get the, the only thing we think about, we don't even think anymore, we just run. run. That's, That's it. it. Fight, flight. You're not okay? looking, oh, look at the colour of that nice tiger. No. Look at those teeth. No, no you're just it's running. It's gone, right? We're, we're moving away from, it, from, its, uh, from its jaws. So the temporal lobes of the brains are involved in many of our emotions and motivations, particularly those that are related to survival. So when the sensors detect that a source of stress that might pose a threat, the brain activates a cascade of reactions that prime us either to battle for our lives or to escape as quickly as possible. A response that we've spoken about previously. A fight, fight or flight or response. flight, exactly. Now, we keep banging on about it because it is such a, a, it's a response that happens to us every day, all the time. We're always, we're, we're, we're moving from one to the other all the time. Fear manifests itself in many ways, but all fall into one of three categories, as we've previously mentioned, fight, flight, or freeze. But the important thing to remember is that real fear is first and foremost a survival mechanism that has to do with a physical threat like the saber-toothed tiger, whilst false fear is an emotional response that appears when the ego feels threatened. See the difference? Yeah. I've been rejected, my ego's dented. Boom, fear kicks in. Fear of rejection, so I'm never going to make another approach again. I think most people don't know or understand that you can use our fear of failure as fuel for our own success and we can actually wield it to help us achieve our goals and dreams. I mean, I remember growing up as a kid thinking failure was the worst thing that could happen. Yeah, and, and a lot of people do. You'd be scared to try some things because there are other people watching. Yep. You'd rather no one be there. So if you failed, no one could see that you failed. I love that syndrome. I failed there too. But when fear isn't there, we can tap into the motivation part of our brain. When fear kicks in, it, it shuts everything else off. Our conscious thoughts, we don't have nothing conscious. Subconscious primal reaction occurs and we start running. Yes. Fight or fight, flight. One or the other, right? Or we sit and freeze. You freeze and get eaten for dinner. Exactly. So when there's fear, we can't make any conscious decisions. We can't motivate ourselves to do anything. So what can we do, Alex, then? Okay. First of all, we need to be aware of our emotions and our feelings. If we're self-aware, we begin to understand why we have the emotional reactions we have. And when we acknowledge the way that we feel and understand the difference between real and imaginary threats, it helps us to move onward and forward. So yeah. anytime you feel freaked out or super stressed, remember to reframe your reaction for a more positive response the next time. So when a negative thought begins and it begins in your mind's eye, 
see them pop up as little thought bubbles or balloons. Right, so you, is that so you can pop them if you need to? Well, yeah, that's one way. And you can see little letters coming up and you can change the narrative yeah. around that as well. The story that you tell about it. Exactly. So it's important to recognise your reactions and thoughts as separate from you rather than as a part of you and that you could rephrase them perhaps or re rethink them rather than saying my first thought or reaction is the correct one. And that's why we use the little bubble, something that's happening outside of you. And if it's happening outside of you, it means you're in a response, you can create a different response to that. Okay, so you can label the thought bubbles with the different emotion feelings that you're having. So if you recognize and acknowledge that the negative voice in your head, which is created in the prefrontal cortex of your brain, it's directing you to enter the dark side of fear. And you notice what that inner critic is saying to you, and you know that it's actually lying to you because it's actually drawing you into that dark side of things, mm. that everything is bad. So you've got to notice what that actually sounds like. What is your inner critic saying to you at that time? Notice how you can make that weaker and weaker. And the weaker that your inner critic voice becomes, the quicker you can eliminate that negative self-talk. And you can then flip that self-talk into a more positive scene. Yeah, that's, that's really handy. Just a little illustration of something that happened recently. I was at home and I went out into the garage and Ariana just asked me to do something. And as I went out the ga into the garage, the wind caught the door in the garage and it slammed shut. So she's just asked me to do something. The door slammed shut. I went in the garage and, and suddenly it dawned on me, she probably thought I just slammed the door and that I was upset with what she asked me to do. So I went back in and I said, by the way, the door caught it was caught in the wind. It wasn't me slamming the door. I just thought you wanted to know. And she goes, oh. And I could tell by her yeah. voice that she thought that – her bubble was the door slammed after I asked him a question. He's upset at He's me. He's upset. That's right. When it had nothing to do with that at all. Yeah. And so that's why that first thought by me coming back in and it suddenly dawned on me, I wonder if she thought that I did that mm -hmm. on purpose. So I had to re-say something to her. And of course, the first bubble she had... Was a negative one. Was a negative one. Because that's where we go. That's where our brain takes us. Well, it was really the wind shutting the door. It had nothing to exactly do with anything right. personal. It was just a great illustration yep. for what you were sharing yep. here. So Indeed. this input that comes in and treating it as a bubble initially and yep. evaluating it and trying to eliminate that self-talk and... and you know, so what do we do next? So when we practice self-awareness around our fear, a profound shift occurs. Mm. Knowledge of our emotions helps us to override our conditioned thought patterns. You've got to remember that the conditioning that we're experiencing, our responses, the majority of these responses were imbued on us. We took on involuntarily when we were zero to seven years of age. So a lot of these responses are learned behaviors. So once the awareness of the fear is present, we can begin to notice how fear is merely a thing that exists in the mind and something that exists in our brain that can be rewired for positive neural pathways. We can find another way of getting there. And there's some fantastic work that's happening in, neuro, in the neuropsychology side of things. And there's a clinical psychologist and author, Dr. Tara Brach, tells us that when we meet and accept our fears as they are, the anxiety trance begins to lose its power over us. So most of your uh, uh, illusionary fears are based on memories that you've pulled up from the past and are now projecting into the future. The way that the mind works and this is why people talk about photographic mind. The way the mind works, it works in pictures. So it will create 
like we're, we're sitting in a room, it creates a picture of a normal situation in this room. If we walk into this room and something else happens, the mind goes back to its original picture and says, there's something abnormal here. Okay, we need to change the way that we respond to this. Now, if the only picture that it has was something that was also always, whenever they, that condition occurred, our response was a negative one, then that will always create a conditioned response of negativity. Yeah. Until we change the response. Okay. So we learn to take back control and manage our emotions by reframing. So we reframe our fear of failure for a new response. Even though we're programmed to react in a certain way, we can shift the power of the paradigm by reframing any negative experiences that muster up in the inner critic of our mind, in our self-limiting beliefs, which is leaving you with a lack of confidence and a ton of self-doubt. A new outlook and a new perspective on failure is a crucial step for you turning fear into fuel for success. Think of failure as nothing more than a minor setback. Now, let me give you, let me give you an example. When I, many years ago, I was doing some sales and um, we were given a formula and the formula was, and those were in the days of cold calling, you would make a hundred phone calls from that hundred, your, your motivation was to get 10 appointments. Right. And that 10 appointments would yield two sales, 100, 10, two. Those were the numbers. Some weeks you do 20 calls and you got 10 appointments and you made seven sales, but it all averaged out. The numbers never lied. The numbers are still today exactly the same, 110.2. Nothing's changed. Now, one of, the, one of the things that you'd pick up the phone and you'd make a phone call and the person says, no, go away. So you'd hang up and rejection gets in. Yes. So you start at A in the phone book and you work through to Z, right? There's a lot of people Let in me Melbourne. Guess, by the time you got to A and then the second letter E, yeah. you're already well and truly... Yeah, destroyed. Exactly. And so you, you've got this mindset that everyone's going to reject you, so you give up. And you go, you know what, today's not a good day. So I walk away from making my calls, which I know are going to make me sales. Someone helped me to reframe that. I said, here are the numbers, 100, 10, 2. How many people are going to say no to you before they say yes? 90. So for every 100 calls, I'm going to get 90 no to one yes, to 10 yeses. So for every 10 calls, I'm going to get nine no and one yes. So every no I get is getting me closer to the yes. Yeah. So I learned to reframe rather than looking at the rejection, looking at it saying, well, that's part of the numbers. I need to get another seven no's before someone says yes. Right. And so that, so you keep picking up the phone, keep making the calls and they, oh, hang on a sec here. My appointment book is now full. But that's just one method of reframing where you can take something simple as that, which can cripple people from actually performing and succeeding, to turning that around and saying, accept the no as a no, move through the no as part of that uh, pathway to getting you closer to a yes. So you're saying failure leads to success. Absolutely. And you need to fail. So during your transformation from fearful to fearless, it's essential to repeat positive affirmations to yourself and mentally to rehearse how things will unfold next time. We need to practice the creative visualization and to see ourselves as a successful person rather than someone who continues to get rejected. Mm. That's pretty awesome, Alex. So what we've learned here is that the world can be a really worrisome place and when worry turns into anxiety... A false alarm sounds in the brain, creating a distorted fear of future outcome. So, and from what our story was that you just shared there, 
you have just because you get a fear here doesn't mean that there's always going to be fear in the future. There could be there, right. there's hope as well. Exactly. Uh, there's peace. So, but false fears paralyze our growth as human beings. And remember, irrational fears are nothing more than a mean trick the mind does to make us believe we're in a world of danger. But there is hope. That's right, mate. There certainly is. And we have the power to conquer all this false evidence appearing real. And all it takes is a little determination, a ton of discipline, and a practice to overcome our fears. And if we are more aware, compassionate, and accepting of our relationships with the feelings that arise within us as a result of failure and rejection, then we can transform our fears into fuel for our vision, for our goals, and for our dreams. And once you fully commit to, re to releasing the deep-rooted fears, you begin to actually remember what it's like to be self-confident and brave again. And as you incorporate the right tools and the techniques to train your brain for success, you can virtually do anything. So next time you've got a fear and it's either paralyzing you or making you run away from something, just remember fear can stand for false evidence appearing real. Mm. Rethink what is it that I'm seeing? What is it that I'm hearing? What is it that I'm actually afraid of here? Is this really something I need to be afraid of? Or is this just me cooking up fear and trying to avoid something or avoid something that's not even something that needs to be avoided. Yeah. That's, or is it a saber-toothed tiger? Yeah. <laughs> so this is really handy because a, a number of people, and including myself and you, yourself, yeah. there are times where we've been held captive by fear and instead of a great result, it's ended up um, with something that's far less for ourselves. Yeah. And so this is awesome. Great. I'm Mate. glad you enjoyed it. Thanks, Alex, for sharing with, with us today. And thank you for being a part of transformationstation.com.au. For all of you who listen in, thank you so much. We value you and we really appreciate you taking the time to um, join this conversation with us. Head over to transformationstation.com.au and uh, we'd love to have you check out our blog. And also, you can drop us a line and let us know if there's topics that you'd like us to address to help you transform your personal growth. Thanks, Steve. Thanks for listening Thanks, to the Transformation Station podcast. If you found our content valuable, you can subscribe and give us a five-star review so others can benefit from the content too. All our episodes and other valuable transformation information can be found at our website, transformationstation.com.au. 